0: Welcome
1: to Industry 4.0. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Industry 4.0. This is episode 24 of the podcast, uh, coming at you early on Sunday morning. I'm joined today by Kyle and Ryan. How's it going, guys? How you guys doing this early morning?
0: Tired, but good overall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got my coffee and doing pretty well.
1: <laughs> yeah, the coffee helps. Oh, I, absolutely. We have some we have some pretty good topics to cover from both last week's episode and the and some new things coming up. So um, I don't know if anybody had tuned in to to watch the the giant robot fight last week, but I was fairly disappointed, to say the least, <laughs> by the quality of it. Um, USA wins the fight overall, but. I'm expecting they'll come back with some kind of like BattleBots style competition. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the robot battle itself, if you had a chance to watch the stream. But I was sort of upset and I was I was trying to live tweet it, but there really wasn't much to tweet about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tom, did yeah. you even watch? I saw pieces of it, but okay. honestly, I think just having the humans inside the robots kind of ruined everything.
1: <laughs> hmm yeah, and they could have done so much more damage to the robots. And then there was the one part where they were like, he's deploying the drone. <laughs> and then he, like, <laughs> swats it out of the air. Oh, man. It was, if it was, they, uh,
2: it was bad. If they put people in there but one full gladiator style, I think it would be a lot better. You know, just, yeah. just yeah. straight up attacking people. <laughs> oh, hello.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so... With that to the side, I think we should jump into the, the new stuff for this week. So um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to catch up on the latest news, but there was that crack Wi-Fi vulnerability that happened last week, and it's a pretty serious vulnerability that impacts most devices. So it's impacting Android, iOS, Windows, Mac, Linux. It's a, it's a vulnerability in WPA2 Wi-Fi protection. Uh, which is up until this point generally viewed as the safer of the Wi-Fi protocols, um, but it sounds really bad and uh, it impacts everything, according to a lot of these articles. And uh, in the sh- in the show notes, we have linked a uh, a Reddit thread from the PC Master Race subreddit that kind of does a really good job at summarizing this issue. Um, what do you guys think about um, the like? It, do you – I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this vulnerability or whether you're like, – if your understanding of it is um, – if it's confusing or, or what. I don't know. I'm just looking for any kind of feedback on this topic.
2: Well, the, the big thing for me is that I'm more curious as to like how it was discovered, why it was discovered, what they can do to fix it. Because I feel like it, it's almost impossible to put out a piece of technology that doesn't have – or anything related to technology it doesn't have some sort of bug or some sort of flaw in it that someone else can can figure out or figure out a way how to bypass things that aren't considered flaws then become flaws because they found a way to bypass it so i just think it, it's if it's been something that's been there for so long i'm actually surprised this hasn't happened before
1: right um,
2: if it's something because of a recent update or a recent change or anything like that that's where I would really want to know the, the, the nitty-gritty, all the all the possible details available, which I haven't read the full paper yet. I just read the uh, the, the, the PC Master Race subreddit, Reddit, which uh, – side note, great subreddit name. But um, <laughs> yeah. the uh, in my mind, I, I just – before I start freaking out, I feel like I need more details. If it's, if it's a vulnerability that's been there for a long time and someone's just discovering it, that proves my point of like it, it's just going to be – everything has vulnerabilities. It's just a matter of how long it takes to figure out. And to me, although it is a big deal that this exists now, clearly they were safe enough to avoid this happening for so long. So that's where, that's where I would really need more details on, on how quickly I freak out.
1: And I think that's kind of a mix of, to to answer that question from the research that I've done, it's like a yes and a no, uh, in terms of, uh, from existing updates versus has this propagated all the way back to the standard of WPA two. So, for most devices, um, there are patches available to fix this, and it has been. It's just a vulnerability in WPA2, and that's the root of the problem. But depending on what device you're using, it depends on how serious of a vulnerability it is. Because um, the article goes on to say, people running Android 6.0 and above are especially at risk, and Android 6.0 came out after the release of WPA2 protocol, so. Um, the version of that Android operating system uses a is a it's far more vulnerable to crack than other platforms, and it can enable much nastier attacks if it's used on a device running 6.0 versus say like Android KitKat or right. Android 4.4. Um,
0: Aren't a lot of Samsung devices still running Android 6.0?
1: Yeah, a lot of Samsung devices are. Um, yeah, only the newer ones I think only have Nougat, not even uh, Android O yet. So. I think that this is something that's going to be patched. And they're also saying, like I, like I had mentioned, the, there are patches that are coming out. So the November security update coming from Google and propagating down to all Android operating system or all Android phones, they say is going to patch the vulnerability for those devices. So it's coming, and the Google Pixel devices and Nexus devices are going to get that update first. But I'm pretty sure that with an update, or with a breach this serious, you'll see it propagate through pretty quickly to get that security update out to the companies that at least care about their customers. But like I said, it to have, that's a very long-winded answer to what Kyle was saying. But it is an overall general flaw in WPA2. But depending on what device you're using, it depends on how serious of an attack it is. And it's also worth noting that the tools used as of three or so days ago is have not been released yet. So... This is only something that was found by um, the guy's name is in this article. I think it's, where is his name? Van Huff. So he, has, he hasn't released those tools yet, but the average user probably won't need to worry about this, but it's always a good measure to patch your stuff, to like keep your stuff up to date. Check your routers for an update. Check your phones for an update. Computers, everything, um, and it's worth noting that the latest updates on Windows 10, and I think Mac OS, um, are also uh, patched. So, well, it's patched in the latest OS betas for Mac, and for Apple, or and for iOS. So, to say the least, it's it's been fixed, and it's and- the fixes are coming through the pipeline.
2: Just what you just said about making sure we do all our updates and all our patches, that goes back to a previous episode where the um, the flaw with the printers, mm-hmm. we talked about it, it – it, it's an avoidable event if you keep up to date if like these these updates aren't to annoy you and to take more space on your on your drive or on your your memory like mm-hmm. it's they're there 9 times out of 10 to fix problems and to prevent future problems so it's obviously you know some some things to to make it a better experience to add a feature here and there but when that 6.0 comes out with that new feature then 6.1.2.3.4 they're all to fix the possible issues with that 6.0, so obviously I'm using that as an example, but um, it's it just goes back to prove that you should be listening to this podcast every single, single week, because you would have been prepared for this already.
1: Yeah, and to, <laughs> to kind of expand on that, if you go back even further, we talked about the release notes for updates, like even if it says minor patches and fixes, then it it could still be like some major rework under the hood that is preventing a security flaw from it, from affecting your phone, so... Like it pays attention to it, it. Pay it. It pays off to update your device and keep it, keep it going. And like, and, said, and I have a question. <laughs> I've
2: had to do this before, but uh, this is more uh, for the for the listener. Um, a lot of people don't realize uh, that you have to update your router. So I mean, like if if I have my phone, it tells me. My PlayStation tells me that it needs an update. The computer and the apps tell me that they need updates. What does one have to do to ensure their router is up to date?
1: If you have a router worth its salt, um, some of them will just be pushed updates over the air and are monitoring for updates. But if you have an older router or if you have one that comes through an ISP, say like one of the the Fios quantum routers or something like that, um, then it's worth looking up. You can say like you can google through a very easy Google search just how do I access my router. And nine times out of ten, you get it just by typing in the IP address of the router, which is usually a very low IP number. So, like, I think 192.168.1.1 typically takes yeah, you to 0.1. your router. Yeah, or 0.1. Yeah, or yeah. 0.1 will typically take you to your router. So just punching that into your, um, into your like, address bar in Google Chrome should take you right to your router page. So
2: Yeah, can, that's how I had to do mine was, was going through the browser
1: yeah yeah and then once you that's that's the only way to access it because you have to get to it over the internet but the uh, you can use the admin password if it's still default um that's usually located on the router itself to log in and i thoroughly recommend changing that password if you haven't already <laughs> um but if you have login change the password of the admin so that way it's something that you remember and nobody else can guess and then you can find it in the settings of of that uh, page. So they try to make it easy to find once you get in there. But um, if not, a quick search of your router and search of how do I update this can probably get you what you need to know. So it's it's it's, it's a little more overhead, but you'll be you'll be happy when you're, you're getting less viruses and you have a, a much safer internet experience. But that being said, a lot of Router companies don't actually update their software. A lot of these um, companies that, like, you get routers that come from China or like some cheapo routers that you get on discount, say, like in a bin or something like that. And a lot of them never get updated. So, a way around that, if for some reason your devices aren't getting updates, is to, um, when you're browsing the internet, make sure you're using an HTTPS connection, which is an encrypted uh, connection between yourself and the website from a certificate. So the website presents a certificate to your browser, proves it's coming from that site, and it's a safe browsing experience. And that's spoofable still, but it's extremely hard to do that. And nine times out of ten, if you see that green lock in the top corner of your browser, you can feel pretty safe that you're in the right place. But aside from that, um, using a VPN is also always a good idea. I use uh, private Internet access whenever I go out and I connect to a public Wi-Fi. Just for my own safety, but a VPN or just using HTTPS is is another two ways around this. If you can't get updates to your device or if for some reason you don't want to update your devices, say like you're running on like a school computer or you're running on a a software that's locked um, through updates, say like a company computer and you want to make sure that you're safe, just make sure you're sticking to those two rules and you should be okay.
0: But... There are also more specific reasons too, because it's easy to brute force attack um, other people's Wi-Fi's and then proxy in using their internet to do whatever you want. People mm-hmm. can go on the deep web under your internet, so you don't want you don't want to have mm-hmm. people doing shady things in your name.
1: Yeah, that was the thing with uh, that was the big problem with with uh, WEP protocol, the brute mm-hmm. forcing of the of the pro of it, because it was just so easy to break but WPA2 has always been viewed as safe, but this. Right. It's more
0: encrypted, but obviously there's a software problem here. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, but there's, there's ways around this. Like we said, just make sure you're up to date, make sure that your routers um, are checked. And in this Reddit article, there actually is a partial list over at a subreddit dedicated to this vulnerability that they're keeping up to date to see if your manufacturer for your router has released an update. So for those of you who don't, want to go into your router or um, can't access it in the immediate in the immediate future you can always go to the r dot r slash r slash crack subreddit that's k-r-a-c-k to check to see if your manufacturer has updated the router for this so it's good to see that there's a comprehensive list of help and information in this article and it's a great work by this was posted by a moderator and the subreddits. So it's good to see that they're keeping their users up to date. But um, going a little bit back into the real world, um, <laughs> with some real world crises and real world vulnerabilities, um, the uh, the craziness that has happened for the past couple of months in Puerto Rico, with all the power outages and uh, damage to the infrastructure from the hurricane season and um, and everything, has been kind of it's kind of opened up that um, province for a bit of a like almost an experiment of new technologies and new ways to deliver power and internet to other companies. And Google has actually turned its eyes towards Puerto Rico and has been given the go ahead to deploy its Project Loom balloons. And I know we've talked about this in in an earlier episode of the podcast. That may have even been one of the first couple of episodes. Um, But this is pretty cool to see that these companies are um, being allowed to kind of test this stuff to help Puerto Rico's infrastructure and get people access to information because having internet, especially in a situation like they're in is invaluable for knowing where to go, what to do, um, where help is going to be coming stuff like that and keeping up with even just normal news of, of the country. So of the United States that is, Um, but it's. What do you guys think about this? I think it's really good to see that Project Loon has been given the go ahead, and now you have rumors of like Elon Musk helping out with his um, his solar ventures and all that stuff. What do you guys think?
0: I'm I'm excited to see this because this, in my opinion, this is like Google's first foothold on an ISP market in the U.S. I mean, they had Google like five programs going on before in the Midwest, but they didn't really <laughs> have any success, even though they offered like ridiculous. Uh, Uh, internet speeds Mm -hmm. so this could be promising if they kind of move in slowly by helping people out
1: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i I think it it works twofold obviously i mean on the surface it's it's look at what they're doing to help people you know it's a big corporation usually hear corporate america with negative connotations this company again proving like hey when push comes to shove we can be we, we can be humanitarian we can care about the people who consume our products so but then on second fold they're also able to test their product and their their uh their the the project loon they're able to test that and instead of just doing it in a random area they're doing it again to help people so it's it's kind of cool that they they get to to look towards the future while helping people uh get basic information i know as as i read through the uh through the article it appeared that there was it's the connection's Right now obviously it's still testing um the connections are strong enough to send and receive messages and check like basic uh websites for news Mm -hmm. but beyond that it's it's it it would be tougher especially with so many people trying at the same time but i mean heck even with what they're going through messages are important getting news is important and we all know how much we rely on our devices to get news now it's not like traditional uh, people don't really sit down and watch the news anymore uh, at least, I mean, compared to how it used to be, it used to be like a family event. It used to be really important. Now we get all those things pushed to our devices and with what they're going through, if they don't have that information, it, it God forbid, something worse happens or something else is coming and you're not prepared. It, it's it, not having information nowadays that available to you at all times could be the difference between life and death. So I, I think it's um, obviously, obviously important. And also from a, from a selfish, from a tech side, it's really cool to see them testing this some more.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. also worth noting that it's – there currently are only two balloons, I think, as of a couple of days ago, deployed over Puerto Rico providing, and it's in collaboration with AT&T. So Google paired up with AT&T to help provide AT&T customers in Puerto Rico with connectivity. So that's applying to just at and which – which makes sense when you think about it because using cellular connectivity and providing cellular data, they're going to have to make a deal with a cell phone provider at one point or another. And um, it's it would be cool to see them try to work in deals with Verizon and some of the other cell phone providers and um, cell, phone, uh, just cell phone companies to see if they can get everybody in Puerto Rico on this if they need to be. Um, and it's, it's, it speaks volumes, like you guys were saying, that they're able to deploy these technologies, not only for the first time in the US, but to a disaster-struck area where people who, who, would, who, people who need this information the most can't get it. So hopefully with this, they can help uh, coordinate better rescue efforts and maybe even save some lives in the meantime.
2: Uh, another thing to know i, I didn't realize uh, about for those of you not unfamiliar with project loon obviously we talked about it in previous podcasts i didn't know too many details about it i just thought oh it's under the google umbrella it's you know i know what it does it's pretty cool mm-hmm. um they're they're effectively right now uh spinning it off into its own its own business just like waymo did uh, it actually came from the same division that waymo did they call it the like an uh, their r&d unit known as x uh they again they created the the, the whole Waymo division, which spun out into its own company, they're going to do the same with uh, Project Loon as well.
1: Nice. And that's cool. I, I just saw the, the line in the article where they were also saying that several more balloons are on their way from Nevada. So they're just sending these balloons. I thought they had deployed them in Puerto Rico, but I didn't know they deployed them in Nevada and then sent them all the way to Puerto Rico. Which is pretty impressive in its own, but they've been given permission to send 30 balloons to the country. So
0: yeah, I would love to know the specifics of how these balloons actually operate. They seem like they're just autonomous. And you kind of I guess they must have propellers that guide them over certain areas.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a picture of it in the the business ins- or the Tech Insider article that we have uh, in the show notes, and it does look like it's got some kind of like solar panel on it with maybe a mm-hmm. fan or something powering the balloon itself, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how this would actually work, but it
0: yeah. um, must power the signal array too to provide all that wireless data.
1: Yeah, and it's this is also already in use over Peru, so this is the second time ever that this has been deployed over a over a country, but the first time in the U.S. So I don't know. I'm excited to see where this goes and um, if they can use this because this is only going to help them uh, get their technology down for when they try to deploy over full countries that are actually developing and need access to this and have never had access to this stuff before. So I'm excited to see where this takes this company, because this is the same company that spun off the self-driving cars. It came from the same division. So they're making some pretty good stuff there, so I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. And also keeping the news kind of a little bit on the lighter side. Um, there was uh a there was a the 3m uh conference or like the big like science fair thing and this one 11 year old girl invented a lead detecting device using carbon nanotubes and i'm not sure how exactly an 11 year old gets a hold of carbon nanotubes in that way <laughs> but it's pretty impressive what she was able to do with a little bit of help from probably 3m and from her family as well just support from her parents um she made a Bluetooth connected device where you just you're able to run water through the nanotubes, and depending on how they react to the water flowing through, it detects whether there's potential contaminants, lead, et cetera, in the water. And this was done in response to what's going on in Flint, Michigan. So it's it's crazy to see like just how much we can accomplish if there's a, a good cause for it and if there's the adequate support given to people. I mean, this is something that an 11-year-old came up with. I'm, I'm thoroughly <laughs> impressed, and she won $25,000. I'm not exactly sure what, t- what an 11-year-old can do with $25,000, but I'm sure that she'll be pretty happy for a while with that <laughs> yeah. good, good savings.
2: Most 11-year-olds will probably ball out at GameStop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, I don't think this is that girl's style, though. I think she's going <laughs> to— I think she's going to put it to good to good use, man. It's it's exciting to. I mean, obviously, the conferences for it, a lot of children are into these these sorts of things, but not everybody has the resources or the availability. Um, it, it's just cool to see people who are that young taking such an interest in in others. You know, it's it's a. People want to say what they want about youth today. But then you hear stories like this and you're like, well, you know, I mean, everyone's not bad, right? There had to be some good eggs in every single generation. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's really cool to see. Apparently her, uh, her parents are both engineers, I believe.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so that's uh, – I, I would imagine that's how she got access to some of the things she needed. But she seriously went around – like if you read the article, she goes around to high schools and colleges and tells them what she's doing and asks for lab time. Yeah, like that's how that's how she was able to do this. She just like, hey, I'm 11 and I want to do stuff that your students can't do. Please, yeah, like that's, <laughs> it's pretty cool to see her be so proactive and really clearly she cares that much that she's going around doing it. it's 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 really cool to see.
1: Right, and and it's cool that also the way the device works is it pairs through a smartphone, so you can send this data through Bluetooth to a device. So that means that you don't need any kind of special utilities or connectors, or you could just download an app and. Um, just connect to that device via Bluetooth, which could make it cheap and easily distributable or distributable. And um, it's, I mean, she, I'm just impressed (laughs) like that. I mean, this is something that I think that this is why science and technology and the STEM stuff should be more funded, I think, in the schools to fuel creative minds like this and, Like you were saying, the fact that she's traveling the country asking colleges and stuff for lab time just speaks volumes for what she could end up doing as an adult when she gets older and has a college education and a career. What she could end up leading, it's impressive. And um, there was 11 other kids or nine other kids that uh, were in this competition. It was the Discovery Education 3M Young Scientist Challenge. and they said they had all come up with amazing stuff, but this was something that just kind of blew their minds. And and it would be amazing to to have us uh, to hear about and report on a follow-up of this actually being deployed in Flint for people who are worried about their water and uh, want to check for contaminations. Because a lot of the things that some of these companies do, like the water companies, is they'll... Like there there have been rumors and it could be conspiracy at this point, but like talks of possibly like circumventing the water testing measures to get slightly worse water through or to have to spend less money on research. But it would be cool to see that even now with this, the, the standard person can hold them accountable. Be like, hey, what's up with this water? Why am like you claim it's clean, but it's not, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think everybody needs that. Uh. Everybody needs that accountability. We've talked about that before. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: just because you're a, a just because you're a company that has something that we need doesn't mean you get to do what you want. It's uh, it, there's standards for a reason. And the fact that an 11 year old is the one that's stepping up and and potentially that her idea was not to hold people accountable. Her idea was to help people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a twofold process. It's we're helping the people, and then the people whose job it was to help us in the first place—we're holding them accountable as well. Um, and it's—it's it's, again. I mean, we, we can. I'll, I'll say it. It's just super impressive. I mean, I'd much rather, like you said, the funding for schools. I'd much rather my my kid have classes around science than around social studies <laughs> like yeah i mean social studies are awesome and i know there's historians out there and it's really cool and we discover new stuff all the time but like i'd much rather look towards the future than remember george washington went across the river you know and i mean it's like mm-hmm. he, that that was cool <laughs> yeah. but like you know that's i don't think i need it as long as i need science like my son didn't he's 10 years old in fifth grade he didn't start taking science classes until last year and it wasn't even graded because it was a new topic for them
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, no, no, I, I get it. It's pretty standard in schools cause it's just another thing. They want to make sure they handle the things that they have already. But like, it's, it, that's what I'm saying. It's, it, it's, it's, it's almost an afterthought. It's like, Oh, well, this is the next thing. This is the thing you do later when like you're, you're a little bit older and you might be able to understand it. It's like, but clearly this 11 year old understands the, the impacts. She understands that people want to, people need to be cared for. Mm-hmm. And it's uh and, and I would love to see that happen too. You see, you see a lot of science programs getting cut, um, and sports programs getting cut and stuff i know science doesn't bring in money like high school football does like down south and stuff but like come on if you had to pick one what's what's more important long term you know
1: yeah the touchdowns that's that's the most important. <laughs> you gotta yeah. but uh you know what you nailed it yeah. you, gotta, you gotta show them some. you're bullion. touching
0: on a deeper topic kyle i like it because our, our educational system needs an overhaul yeah. but yeah. You, when you get when you get young minds involved in practical applications like this it's exciting to see you don't come up with football.
1: But. Have you uh, have you shown your son Bill Nye? Have you had him watch any Bill Nye episodes? No, I might though. Oh, it's so good. Um, and that was I remember I have like very fond memories of science classes in elementary school where the teacher brings in the TV on the yeah. on the cart and pops in the Bill Nye VHS and everyone I was just like, oh yes, this is great. I love it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I used to love that too. So yeah, <laughs> the giant the giant cart
0: with the tube TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. The
1: big scene. me back
0: yeah he's still on the
1: bottom (laughs) oh man yeah that's and it's it's important for everybody and i mean granted his science isn't exactly up to date because if you watch the planets one he bicycles all the way out to pluto to show like this the scale of the planets and r.i.p pluto number nine (laughs) but number nine number nine (laughs) number nine but number one in our hearts yes but um if you to, – to kind of go back to the article, she does say what she does plan on doing to do with – what she's going to do with the $25,000. She's going to save some of it for college but use the rest of it to invest in her device to make it commercially viable, which is nice. very impressive. And it says that she when she grows up, she wants to be a geneticist or an epidemiologist, so – Kudos to to her to, like...
0: Very specific for an (laughs) 11-year-old. Yeah,
1: yeah. And And they were saying the lead detection device combines both interests as contaminated water can lead to both birth defects and rashes. So it's something that, like... She she really has she's got a lot of drive for an eleven year old. On knows, a yeah. mission. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I want I wanna do like like a where are they now and find out in like ten years that she's just a professional break dancer. Like Yeah.
1: <laughs> part time geni- part time geneticist and full time break dancer. Yeah, full full time backup dancer at Britney Spears
2: concerts <laughs> in Las Vegas. Oh, <laughs> uh but I'm joking. Keep doing what you're no, doing. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. I wanna there's that or the converse of the follow-up article where she like is on a, a team that discovers like the cure for most forms of cancer or something like that. Yeah. So, but
2: yeah, but exactly. that's that, all that's the more likely scenario. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she could do breakdancing on the side, we'll allow that, but uh... <laughs> it's a passion, you know? Yeah. But uh, with that I, I think uh, if anybody has any closing remarks, I think that brings an end to the first half. So I think we're all good yeah yeah um, we have some exciting stuff coming up in the second half uh, government underestimating solar um, JavaScript cryptocurrency and some information about Netflix so uh, that that's the first half of episode 24 of industry 4.0 and we'll see you guys in the second half See you.
2: Welcome back for the second half of episode 24 of Industry 4.0. Uh, I got that number right, right? Yes. 24. Of course. Of course I did because I was here for almost all of them.
1: <laughs> I don't like know how you guys are... But we're
2: zero indexed here. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's the 25th episode. We're calling it 24 because we can because um, it's our podcast. Don't tell us what to do. Um, <laughs> that being said, we would love to hear from you guys about what you'd like us to do. Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> in all seriousness one of the biggest ways that we get feedback that we get support from you guys is when you rate subscribe get your views up get your downloads all those things help us i don't know how you're listening or watching right now but we do have pretty active uh, media accounts out there our facebook and twitter accounts very active if you go to uh, facebook.com/ slash industry 40 all spelled out that's foUROH same thing twitter.com slash industry, uh, excuse me industry 40 all spelled out. Um, if you are listening to us in podcast form, iTunes and Google Play industry 4.0 we don't have a video this week but we do have a YouTube channel so if you search industry 40 on uh, YouTube as well you will a- be able to find us and enjoy us and then rate review subscribe. It'll be wonderful. It'll be glorious if you guys could do that for us. So that being said, uh, we'll, we'll do a better recap at the end, but that being said, let's get right into the second half fellas. And we're going to start off with uh, another, another consistent thing from the government. uh, (laughs) That is that they're inconsistent again, when it comes to uh, their their estimates on, on the uh, solar energy front. uh, I, I, I haven't gone too deep into the article slave. And I know, I know you love putting together the show notes. Let us know what are the things that uh, we knew we're gonna we're gonna be screwed up, and of course, are
1: right. So, the the U.S. Um, energy Information Administration um, they issue 10-year projections on how much solar, wind, and conventional energy the future will have, and. Every two years since the mid-90s, their projections have been wrong. And last year, they were spectacularly wrong. That's And that, this is to quote the first part of the article. Um, so their estimates go from between 2006 and 2016. And they have completely understated the share of solar, wind, and gas. And solar capacity in particular was a whopping 4,813% more in 2016 than the EIA had predicted they would be in 2006. So, so the, and the, the article does say that um, the, in 10 years, hence the U.S. would be generating just 0.8 gigawatts of solar energy. And with such a low baseline figure, any increase would really look massive. But they just completely were off the mark on this one. Like I would have expected maybe a 10% differential on like their gas. In where the industry was going, but <clears throat> this is also kind of um, a calling to how much um, commercially available solar has been f- has been funded and fueled. So, I mean, the government could have been looking at numbers from government and from the power industry, kind of pushing solar through. But nobody could have looked at the advent of Solar City and all of these other solar energy companies um, pushing out this increase in power and the decrease in cost of solar panels themselves so it's 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 almost hard to predict where we're going to be going and i'm actually, i'm curious to see if their if their numbers are going to be more spot on from 2016 to 2026 so i'm curious to see where that's going to take <clears throat> do you guys have any uh have any thoughts on on solar power and if we're gonna see much more of an increase or if we're gonna see maybe some pushback between any of like any other companies, if if you guys think coal's gonna make a comeback, <laughs> Uh someone's
2: trying. Yeah. yeah I mean it's somebody's trying to make solar slowdown and coal come back. Um, I don't know who that is. We'll just leave it at that. But. I actually just saw an
1: article on online saying that um the coal museum, I think it's in Kansas. The the coal museum is running solar. So <laughs> it's powered by solar.
2: Yeah. Because so. of course it is.
1: <laughs> it's because it's a museum. It's a coal museum. You can't use coal anymore. It's no nope. But uh <laughs> but um I think that um they're gonna need to figure out a new methodology for, for estimating these numbers.
2: Yeah. So the, the methodology is just based on they think that the the costing isn't going to go down when in fact it just keeps getting lower and lower like mm-hmm. the the cost of the the things are going to solar solar power it's just it, it's so i get why the projections are what they are at the time because your thought is like oh well if this is a booming industry no one's going to want to cut costs they're going to want to make as much money as possible right when it's people are making money because people are buying it they don't have to charge as much because they want more people to be involved so it's it's, uh, it's exciting.
1: Yeah, not to mention you get credits and tax and you get benefits from selling back to the grid if you do have solar versus if you just keep your standard electric and gas power for now. Yeah. So <laughs> but I mean that's that's uh, that I think that all contributes to this massive growth uh, this massive growth and it's it's also really hard to to track the pace of technology as seen in, even if you go all the way back to Moore's Law of computing, which is every, I think it's what, eight, 16 months or 18 months, the computing power doubles. So it's, mm. it's with those numbers increasing between 2006 and 2016, Moore's Law aside, it's extremely hard to predict the decrease in size of the cells and the decrease in cost of the panels and the installation costs themselves. So um, it's yeah, but just, just one more thing that they did.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can, you can tell this, the actual solar energy capture devices are becoming more and more efficient all the time. And then the private sector pushing this so hard is fantastic, honestly, because, you know, you want to put this into everybody's hand, make it affordable. And then it's a one time figure off the grid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's really, that's the end game. And that's why it's so threatening to coal. Yeah. Coal is the grid.
1: Mhm.
2: It's funny cuz you know, as you as you go through the article a little bit here um the the the, the big thing to me is that <clears throat> these projections may be done this way on purpose um which kind of scares you a little bit coming from from the the government point of view it's uh the EIA regularly underestimates the growth in the renewable energy sources but Overestimates U.S. fossil fuel consumption, which a lot of people see as an attempt to boost the oil and gas industry again. So, um, you know, it, it's it's an industry that clearly, I mean, the solar is the way that we're actually moving, mm-hmm. but the projections are pointing the other direction. So people on the surface see that and go, "Oh, well, like clearly, solar isn't, isn't for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my gas. I'm not even gonna I'm not going to." To convert anybody, especially if the general consumer is not gonna do the research. They see these projections they're like, Well, there's no way I'm gonna invest in solar when I already have my gas, I already have this.
1: So Yeah. And until we have an efficient method of storing solar power, we're also gonna see a bit of a slow kind of advent and taking on because as much as people hate to dispute the like the really cheap argument against solar is, oh, the sun sets. I mean, It's true. And you, it rains sometimes. It's true. And also for yeah. people who live in uh, cities like Seattle or most of Canada, it's going to be covered in clouds a lot of the time. And with that, they're not going to have as efficient solar power. So I think the only way to debunk these arguments and to really make solar power a force in the industry is if those costs go down and if the ability to store solar is uh, more efficient. We have better batteries that are more efficient and can store higher capacities of power. So, right. and there are companies working on that. I know SolarCity is working on that. Those boxes—I don't, I don't know what they're called. Or I can't think of it off the top of my head, but they are working on home batteries, basically, for your house.
0: The Hooli box. You also have the Tesla Powerwall. Okay.
1: That's it, There's the Powerwall. Still-
0: yeah, and that's they're still pretty high priced. I mean, it's still early early stages, mm-hmm. but seeing the private sector push this hard for solar is a good thing because mm-hmm. it'll drop the price eventually and then it'll be available for everyone.
1: And also the gigafactory is going to be building them too at mass. So yeah. that's just going to artificially drive down the cost because they just going to be like introducing millions of of them to the market. So I mean, the future's the future's bright and hopefully fueled by solar. So Yeah. Keep your head up. <laughs> yeah, keep your head up for your first green episode of I4O where right. all the technology used is 100% energy renewable. But got to get yourself a hoolie box to store all that energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but to to move on to another article, another, another way of making money, um, Then people didn't necessarily know this. If anybody was using the Chrome extension AdGuard. um, Somebody had... They discovered that um, they were... AdGuard has analyzed the most popular 100,000 websites for cryptocurrency mining scripts and over 500 million people have been mining cryptocurrencies and they have no idea that it's happening. And each website running the script has earned an estimated $43,000 within that three-week period they studied alone. And a lot of people... Like, I'm going to kind of take a different approach to this, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on um, on on this new approach to ad revenue, using your computer to – using the JavaScript in your browser to mine cryptocurrency versus ads. So when you see those websites that don't necessarily like present you with ads that hit the page and scroll up and down, ads that just run a JavaScript program in the background to mine while you're browsing – what are your guys thoughts on on that? Um, I know cryptocurrency and mining has a lot of stigma around it, but I'm
2: curious. I mean I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I, I, I talked about it before when we uh, when we touched on cryptocurrencies before, uh, in previous episodes. I'm just super not familiar with it or how mm-hmm. it's how it even works or makes sense and uh, so um, d- can you can you at all explain like how is that? How is that happening? How do they mine instead so, of running ad uh, ads just to help me and the other general consumers who listen
1: to this podcast? Right. So uh, the base of this is like it's just a when you go to a website, have you ever tried just to start from a baseline? Have you ever tried browsing with JavaScript disabled? Have you ever gone into your browser settings and just turned off JavaScript? No. And just it's the Internet is basically unusable at that point. <laughs> Like every website is using JavaScript to some degree to run um, programs nested in the website, um, little like games. All the Google games and stuff on the Google homepage on like a holiday or like for a special event. I would imagine most of that is probably JavaScript. Um, but so the the point is, is that these websites, instead of hitting you with ad revenue, is in the hitting you with ads is in the background they run a they run a mining script through javascript so it's just another javascript program running in your browser nothing crazy but it's just being used it's using your compute power which is hardly any when you look at the a web browser's javascript usage to mine cryptocurrency so however long you're on the website you'll see that you, you've you been mining cryptocurrency for the 20 minutes that you spent on like a website browsing an article or um, looking at a download. And they say most of the websites right now are pirate TV and video sites and torn trackers and porn sites. So <laughs> video streaming platforms are ideal for it as they have a huge audience and they keep their website open for a long time watching videos. So um, it's... I kind of am okay with this because I would like what I would like to see is websites being more open about it and yeah. not having these companies discovered in these studies like this. I would like to see if you went to a website, say Facebook for example, if they hit you with a pop up and would like, um, would you like us to utilize JavaScript to mine cryptocurrency or would you like to see ads on our website? You know, kind of present the user with an option. Yeah. So that way, they have a viable method of getting ad revenue for your time on the website. So that's kind of how this is being used. You don't really need to know all the nitty-gritty details of cryptocurrency because you're not doing anything. It's just running in the background of the browsing experience on your website. And I would argue it has no impact whatsoever on your browsing experience. But a lot of people see the word cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and mining, and they get a little nervous that they're... Computers being like hacked and used to mine all the time when really it's just on a per browse or per visit basis.
0: Yeah, it seems like a fair trade-off, and I think it's a trade-off most people would take if they were educated on it. Because you you don't want to be bombarded by ads all the time if you're trying to watch something. But it's nice to just have, you know, oh, we'll just utilize your CPU and a little bit of power in the background. We'll run a script to make ourselves some money, and in that trade-off, you don't have to watch ads or anything like that. And that's essentially what it comes down to. And most people would elect to have that because it's not a script that'll affect your privacy or anything like that. It's just using compute power.
1: Yeah, I think it's mostly the name that makes people scared cryptocurrency mining like I think if they gave it a name like ethical mining or something like that then <laughs> you would see like you would see more people using this you know like, I think so they call it like super cool fun time yeah <laughs> it's like, oh
2: yeah I'll sign up for super cool fun time yeah, yeah. <laughs> super cool fun time mining.
0: or ad replacement scripting maybe yeah <laughs> like that.
1: yeah and I, I think that that would help a lot of people um, understand what's going on and kind of making it a little bit more clear to them. Because I would be more than okay with saying like you go to YouTube and it's like, hey, um, we can hit you with ads on the videos or if you want to just check this box, then we'll just run a JavaScript program in the background that does some mining for us and gets us some money while you browse. So, And it, it scales nicely too because the, the longer you spend on the site, the more compute power is being dedicated to mining and the more money the website gets for your time using their bandwidth so
0: yeah i think it it would help content creators in the back end too especially with youtube as you mentioned
1: yeah i think it's
0: a
2: fair trade and to to be to be clear uh for the general listener it's not coming out of your pocket they're not taking something you didn't even know you had it's it's like you said it's just youtube getting paid for you watching a video you're gonna watch anyway yeah Uh, you just don't have to watch a 30 second ad to start it
1: yeah it uses about as much processing power and Stuff from your computer as a normal JavaScript program running in the background of your favorite website. So, like I said, if you if you're really afraid of JavaScript, try turning it off and tell me how long (laughs) you see. Tell me how your internet experience is when you turn off JavaScript. It's not a good language. Most computer programmers will, most web developers will tell you they hate JavaScript, but it's useful and it's used everywhere. So, but I, I just wanted to. I thought that was a cool article and. It opened up the the road with cryptocurrency to a new way of um, kind of making it user friendly and kind of making it more viable for people. Saying like, "Hey, this is helping us earn money, and it doesn't mm-hmm. do anything to you at all. So why don't you help us make some money by letting us mine for a little bit?" So it kind of it it could be spun in a very public friendly way, unlike the. Web cookies where they were saying or all the websites you go to where it's like this site uses cookies. I just wanted to make sure that you're aware of this. Are you OK with us using cookies? And like if you say no, it's going to be a not it's going to be a terrible web experience anyway. So you might as well just say yes.
2: But think fair. about that. People have been OK with cookies because it's cookies. It yeah. doesn't. Yeah. I'm cool with cookies. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> they got to they change the name from cryptocurrencies to again. A super cool. Fun time is my vote. But
1: yeah. Donate mining, something like that. (laughs) I don't know, but yeah, I this it comes down to the core issue of is of like just the stigma around cryptocurrency, bitcoin. Because up until right now, I guarantee you, say, like the average person's aunt or grandmother has only ever heard of bitcoin or cryptocurrency because of hacks or from ransomware or something like that. Yeah. And exposing them in a way where it's like, oh, we don't have to hit you with advertising because everybody knows what advertising is. We don't have to hit you with ads. So we can get you a much better web browsing experience and you can fund the websites that you find your favorites. So, and you can turn it off on a per site basis. I think that's the way they have to go. And I really like this personally. So. And I yeah, wanna, I'd be
2: fine with that, especially if it leads
1: to less advertisements. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't want to hear of site's being caught doing this. I want to hear of site's asking you if you want them to do this. Yeah, because like you said, if if when they're
2: caught doing it, it has that negative stigma and people won't be a fan of it. People won't understand it. It won't get past it. It won't evolve. It'll just be this thing that has a negative stigma whether it deserves it or not.
1: Yeah, and $43,000 in three weeks is pretty good money. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That doesn't speak much probably for their upkeep costs, but it's that's good money by anybody's standards as long as cryptocurrency is around. And especially with Bitcoin going to over $6,000 per Bitcoin over this past yeah. week, I think that that's going to be a very viable method. Absolutely. So. But of course, really, as I said, as I said that, it's now at five thousand nine hundred and forty four. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we won't talk about that for now. Keep the keep, way to go. Keep the price up. Yeah, they're listening. So if, uh, if Satoshi Yakamoto is listening or Nakamoto, I'm sorry. OK, it just went up three dollars, so we'll move on. <laughs> um so, so, so we're
2: all we do is monitor the price of bitcoin.
1: Yeah. Just sitting here with that up on my desktop just watching it. But it's in the um it's in the bitcoin article we have on on this. So okay, but moving on to the other topic about more money. So this is apparently the finance half of Industry 4.0. We have um Netflix is planning on spending up to 8 billion dollars. 8 Billion dollars on programming <laughs> next year. Where's the the pinky? <laughs> um, they're planning on spending a lot of money on programming. So, and I think most of this money, and I'm not, I haven't had a chance to double check, but I saw another article. Yeah, it's earlier this month they were announcing plans to raise their costs by from 9.99 to 10.99, and I think that's where the eight billion dollars is going to come from. And they said they're going to source Uh, a lot of this revenue towards original content original movies and anime so i'm curious on on what you guys think with this netflix revolution and um netflix focusing extremely hard on original content i know we talked about this a little bit before the second half on just stuff that we've missed that netflix has gotten rid of but i'm curious on your thoughts on netflix's push towards original content
2: I mean, if they keep putting out good content like they are, uh, obviously it's it's a good move because it's they're not paying long term rights. They're not paying. It's uh, um, the word I'm looking, they're not paying royalties out. It's all in house. Um, it's and I mean, they've put out some good things. They've gotten exclusive deals where they're producing things uh, based on shows from the past. I mean, it's if they keep pumping out awesome content and it's not just a bunch of cheesy stuff with netflix written at the top you know i mean stranger things is coming uh there's a, a lot of excitement around the things that netflix are doing i feel like most people understand netflix and have it now even if you're you're uh, you know some of some of our parents or grandparents who are listening out there um, i feel like it's it's awesome now like we said in the first set there I'm, I miss some of the things that they've let go of. But if they keep giving me new favorites, new things to look forward to, then it, it, how could you possibly complain?
1: Yeah. And, and the only reason why I would be upset is if most of those new movies that come out is like Airbud 9 and a bunch of Adam Sandler movies or something like yes. that. That's <laughs> the only way that I could really be upset with that decision. But, I mean, yeah, the push towards original content is you're seeing that across the board with these um, internet streaming companies. Who going towards original content, Amazon Video Um, and then I know that the, the last Sundance festival, um, like NBC and all these other, uh, traditional cable, uh, channels were pissed off that Netflix and Amazon and all these companies came in and just bought the whole house with like original movies and stuff like that coming out. So I'm, I'm personally excited. So then Netflix is expanding and we'll see where this goes from there. Um. They're forecasting growth, so I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. And,
0: uh, yeah, it, it is exciting, especially with that kind of push. They're, they're starting to bring in a lot of movie stars and bigger, you know, higher-priced <laughs> higher actors, better quality content, better quality producers, directors, writers. It's yeah. good for the art scene all around.
1: Especially when you get movies and TV shows and series, like so you have Stranger Things from Netflix, who's about to release their second season in a few days, and then you have uh that the new series mind hunter have you guys ever watched that i haven't yet it's on my list it's but... incredible it's really good <laughs> i i recommend it it's it's very good um <laughs> and if they're going to keep pushing content like that then i'm all on board i'm excited
0: so, yeah i mean it's kind of it's kind of bad that i'm not really a fan of them pushing the cost on the consumer honestly I mean, directly yeah. on like the dollar increases, it's not bad, but in the long term, like, how many times are they going to increase it by a dollar? They've already done right. it once. This is the second right, time. Right. It's like, all right, well, maybe it will be the cost of cable now or what cable was, and they just kind of take over that aspect.
1: I think there's going to be a ceiling where people start to drop off, and the cost of increasing becomes no longer viable because you don't have as many people. Yeah. But – like there's probably going to be a ceiling for that. But as long – in my opinion, as long as the quality of content scales to the cost, then – so like if right. Netflix five or six years down the line is beating out HBO, Hulu, Amazon and all these other services and they have a service that costs $13 a month, paying $13.99 a month for one service when they're killing everybody else <laughs> is going to be financially viable for me to drop that's true. any other ones so
0: i don't and it, it seems like they're on target to compete with major movie studios yeah the existing ones
1: maybe this will wake up the cable industry and force some innovation there too or even yeah I, was nice.
2: gonna, yeah I was going to touch on that too like what's it what is this going to mean long term the more money that's invested in original content on these streaming services what's that going to mean for traditional cables are they going to have to change their pricing to compete are they going right. to have to move in a similar direction where all of a sudden just thought you know fios is now instead of ha- buying cable you just buy their streaming service for cheap like i don't is it i think this is the first move in in what could potentially be many uh towards changing the industry again which mm-hmm. they've done more than once on uh so far so
1: yeah everyone's cutting the cord and i think this is going to be another reason for people to do that Especially now that you have that T-Mobile deal where if you sign up for a T-Mobile plan, you can get a Netflix subscription like bundled into your mobile plan. Yeah. That's pretty nice. So, But T-Mobile's doing a lot of stuff like that. Didn't they do something with MLB
2: this year too? Um, I think they did. I think they had an MLB deal also. I know uh, so. Verizon has an NFL deal. So I get to watch NFL games for free on my phone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the more... The more collaboration you see like that To move away from traditional cable I I honestly feel better
1: Yeah No I I totally agree And uh, I guess we'll have to keep reporting on this Because like Also they mentioned that their Stock top $200 For the first time Last week And was up as much as 2% In hours after their earnings report So they're doing very well So
2: Yeah
1: We'll have to keep following up on Netflix And Keep reporting on their good news Hold them to that So But uh, with that, I think that brings about the end of the show if anybody had anything they wanted to to bring up about the topics we covered in the second half. Nothing specifically, no. Take that as a no. Um, Well, with that being said, uh, you can find us not on Netflix, but you can find (laughs) us on basically everything else. We uh, post videos to YouTube, we're on Facebook at all the aforementioned uh, account names by Ryan at the beginning, or Kyle at the beginning of the first half. Um, You can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram. Um, Download on, you can download our podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, including iTunes, Google Play, um, basically anywhere you can find quality podcasts. So... Um, and also we're available we're hosted locally on podbean so with that being said this has been episode 24 and we'll see you guys in the next one see ya